Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want to give honor to my pastor, Pastor Alvin, for the outstanding work that he's been doing. But this is Father's Day, so we want to give honor to all the fathers. And in first service, I kind of remiss to mention the online service, so we want to wish a happy Father's Day to all the men uh, who are here and those who are viewing. Um, so good morning. It's still morning, isn't it? Is it still morning? Almost, yeah. Let me start off by honoring all the fathers in the house who are streaming. I already said that. For those who are here for the first time, I'm Pastor Love. I'm the founding pastor of this church. Uh, we started this church back in 2012, and God has been faithful. Uh, he brought us here to this location um, well, about a year ago now. And um, under the leadership of Pastor Alvin, we've doubled our membership under him. So I'm, again, I want to honor him for the work that he's doing. I uh, also want to say that I'm, only, I'm not the only founding pastor. Pastor Cece, my wife, is also a founding pastor. Also. And let me say, it's a pleasure for me to once again uh, stand before you. It's been over a year uh, since I've been able to bring forth the word, so it's an honor to get back here again. Um, I really enjoy retirement, to tell you the truth, but, uh, but when I got my son is doing such an awesome job that um, I feel more than confident that he's going to take us all the way. Um, we have been studying for uh, 2022. The theme has been withstanding the wind. Um, I didn't have the scripture, but it's out of Matthew 3 and 12, and it talks about a winnowing process where God is going to uh, uh, test the church, basically, to find out who's with him or who's grounded in Christ and those who are not. A winnowing is a process when they were sifting wheat. They would toss the wheat up in the air, and the wind would blow the chaff away, which is the part that we don't eat, of course, and the wheat would fall to the ground. And so Jesus is saying when he comes back, he's going to gather his wheat. He's going to gather his harvest. He's going to gather those who are with him. I remember a scripture my pastor used to say back in, in Detroit. He said, make your calling and election sure. Don't be guessing or wondering, am I in? Know for sure, because when it's time, when Jesus comes, you don't have time to be wondering if you're in. You want to make sure that you are in, okay? <clears throat> for the month of June, we have been talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, the wind of doctrine. Doctrine instructions, especially as it applies to lifestyle application. Another word for doctrine is something that is taught. Church. Let me start off by saying this. Fatherhood is under attack. Fatherhood is under attack. Men have been out of position for a long time, and it's time for us to get back into our rightful position as husbands and fathers. We have been taught the doctrine of the world and not the doctrine of the Bible. And this has been and will continue to be a problem for men if we don't reposition ourselves back where God has called us to be. I'm going to start off with a quote. Well, it's really not a quote, but it's, well, it's from fathers.com. It's a statement here, just to kind of let you guys know where we are as a country. It says, more than 20 million children live in a home without the physical presence of a father. Millions more 
have dads who are physically present but emotionally absent. If it were classified as a disease, fatherlessness would be an epidemic worthy of attention as a national emergency. So we can see that it's a serious situation. This is Father's Day, but I want to also say that we do have some incredible fathers that I know and in this house. So it's not all gloom and doom, but it does let us know that we have a problem today. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16, 17 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Today I want to speak to all the fathers in the house and to the men who will one day hopefully become a father. Let's start, let me start off by sharing a testimony about my life and how blessed I was to be able to have been raised, or I should I keep saying raised, uh, discipled around two men of God when I first got saved. This was back in Detroit, Michigan, and my pastor who I got saved under was Pastor Jesse T. Stacks, an incredible Bible teaching man of God. Jesse T. Stacks was a man who was raised by his mother, but that did not stop him from becoming a godly father and an incredible pastor. After receiving salvation as a young man, he discovered he had a son out of wedlock who was about nine years old. He went and found his son down in South Carolina, brought him to Detroit, and raised that young boy to be a man of God. And even now today, his sons are serving the Lord. The second man who influenced me was my father-in-law, Pop Winans, who was also raised by his mother, but that did not stop Pop from becoming a godly father, raising 10 kids in inner city Detroit who God has used to touch the world with gospel music. Because of these two men, I've been able to witness what a godly father is and the impact that a godly father can make on his family and on the kingdom of God. As for me, starting tomorrow, I'll be what I've been a father for 37 years. I want to bring a message of hope and encouragement to all men, especially to those who are fathers. I want to show the purpose of fatherhood and how important it is for the family to be all that God has called it to be. Although this may be a Father's Day message, ladies, take notes. You may find this information very useful when deciding on who your husband should be. Fathers. All of a sudden, they're bringing out their past now. Fathers, we're at a crossroad where we can't sit back any longer and allow the enemy to destroy our families and our children. So I've entitled my message, Restoring Kingdom Fatherhood. Restoring Kingdom Fatherhood. It's impossible for me to talk about kingdom fatherhood without first talking about a kingdom. 
the definition that I wrote for a kingdom is a kingdom is a government that owns a territory and it impacts that territory with the king's personal will and purpose. Kingdom allows the king to produce citizens who reflect his values, customs, morals, and culture. Kingdom is difficult for many of us to understand because we were raised in a democratic society where the people decide. But in the kingdom, all power and authority is with the king and not the people. And this is very important because we as believers are part of God's kingdom. So you can tell how we have been so positioned, how we have been so out of position because now we have adopted the understanding of the world and not understanding the principles that God has established for his kingdom. Remember, the king has all power, all authorities, and he decides what it's going to be, and that's it. You don't talk to the king and say, no, we don't like that. <laughs> it's gone. Okay, let me, give you some, let me give you some facts about kingdom. The Bible is about a kingdom that has a king and his royal citizens. Planet Earth is a colony of God's kingdom. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. Another fact, God's original plan was to colonize planet Earth with mankind having dominion. Another fact, all kingdom colonize. Republic and democratic societies don't. Colonization determines the strength of a kingdom. We saw this with the Roman Empire. At one time, they controlled all of Europe, just about. We also know that the, the British Empire, at one time, they said the sun never sets on the British Empire. Why? Because they own or control so much territory around the world. The first thing that God gave, um, um, one more, one more. The kingdom, in the kingdom, the king is measured by the quality of his citizens. So when you got a good king, you can tell because the people are blessed. We serve a good king, don't we? Amen, amen. The first thing God gave man was a kingdom and told him to have dominion over it. If you ever want to find out the original intent of something, you got to go back to the manufacturer. You got to go back to the person who made it. So when we're talking about kingdom and we're talking about families and fatherhood and so forth, we got to go back to the creator, the one who established all this in the first place. So let's go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So dominion means supreme authority or sovereignty. So let's have a look at the human family. The foundation of the family is the male. I'm going to say that again. The foundation... <laughs> some of the, I told you we got too much world in us. The foundation... <laughs> The foundation of the family is the male, okay? 1 Corinthians 11.3 says, But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man, 
and the head of Christ is God. So God has established the order for the family. God, Christ, man, woman. Okay? <laughs> there are 7.7 billion people on planet Earth as of 2020. And God only created one man from the soil. The female did not come from the man. I mean, the female did not come from the soil, but from the man. Okay, I'm sorry. Therefore, God chose the male as the foundation for the human family. The foundation is the most important part of any building because it must carry the full weight of the building. Any builders in here, any contractors in here, you know what I'm talking about. No one ever drives around and looks at foundation. They look at the building. The building is the most important part, no matter how tall it is or how small it is. The foundation is always structured to hold the weight of that building. So if you are a father in here, God knew you were going to be a father, so he has prepared you to hold up the weight of your family, okay? The foundation was not meant to be seen, but to support. The purpose of the foundation is not to be seen. Who sees, who's, this building has been here almost 100 years. Did anybody notice the foundation? <laughs> well, okay. You must be a real inspector. No one knows, noticed the foundation, but we do notice this building. This building has probably been renovated two or three times. So the, so the structures might change, but the foundation is designed to sustain over years and years and years. You can tell the strength of the foundation by looking at the building. You can tell about a man's family by looking at his family and not looking at the man. We are so accustomed to parade ourselves as the man and look what I've done but people always say, well, let me see your family. Then I can tell what kind of man you are. If you are a builder or a contractor here today, then you know what I'm about to say. If the city inspector comes and finds a crack in the foundation, he will condemn the building as being unsafe. Because that means if the crack is in a building, that means something is wrong. Something is starting to break away. Something is not holding the way that it should. So that means that the devil is out for the foundation. The devil is out to destroy or to weaken the foundation, which is the man. You know, I love sports. Every year, Sports Illustrated comes out with their number one selling it issue. Anybody know what it is? The swimsuit edition. Why is that? Because they're targeting the man. They're trying to get the man to look at this woman who's, who's hardly got any clothes on, giving him ideas and thoughts. He turns on the TV set, and he looks at commercials on TV, and what does he see? He sees everything to try to bring a crack in his foundation. Everything in society is designed to go against the man. He may use the woman, he used the woman because he wants, he wants the man. Genesis 3, 6, and 7 says, the woman was convinced 
She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. So we, we saw this and how Eve saw the fruit, nothing happened. Eve took the fruit, nothing happened. Eve ate the fruit, nothing happened. But when she took the fruit to the foundation, when she took the fruit to the man, to Adam, the Bible says immediately it cracked. You see, God did not give Eve the instruction. Eve wasn't even on the earth when God spoke to Adam. Eve came later. Because of sin, man lost dominion and therefore his kingdom rule. But God had a plan to restore. Restore means to bring back that which man had lost. God can only restore what was once given to man. God gave man two things. He gave man what? He gave him a kingdom and he gave man dominion. And so God said, I'm going to restore a kingdom and I'm going to restore dominion. Jesus Christ came to earth for the purpose of restoring kingdom dominion that man lost. Luke 4, 43. But he said to them, Jesus was talking to the people in this town that he was leaving. I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. Romans 5.19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Fatherhood is the most important responsibility of the man. I'm going to go back earlier when I talked about my pastor back in Detroit and my father-in-law. Two men who were raised without their mothers, but I mean without their fathers, but raised by their mothers, I'm sorry, and they went on to be godly men of God and their children is carrying forward the legacy. The point is, is that both of these men were raised under the same pastor, and this is Cece's great-grandfather, I.W. Winans. So what I'm trying to show you guys is that it doesn't matter about your past. It doesn't matter if you didn't have a dad. It didn't matter if your dad was there, but he was emotionally absent. It doesn't matter if all these things were true. It doesn't change because God says, I'm going to restore. I'm going to restore what the devil stole from you. Too many men are walking around using that as an excuse for not doing anything. Well, you know, my dad, my dad, my dad. It doesn't matter. What did Jesus do? 
The male is designed by God to be the father of the human family. He is the source for the family. We discovered that fatherhood means foundation and supporter, right? Now we will see fatherhood as source and sustainer. The source is a point or place at which something is invented or provided. Example, the father provides the seed that is received by the mother that produces the baby. Therefore, the father is the source of life for that child. So my question is, is just being the source enough for a kingdom father? No. The kingdom father must also be a sustainer just like his heavenly father. Isn't it amazing how God gave us the same name as he? Because he wanted us to operate the same as he operates. Man, we don't understand what God has given us. We don't understand the authority and the power that we carry. Definition of sustainer is to nourish, to keep up, or prolong. A kingdom father is not only the source for the family, but also the sustainer. Let's look at our heavenly father as source and sustainer. Let's look at Hebrews 1, verse 1 to 3. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. Here's the source. Through whom also he made the worlds. Jesus was with the Father in the beginning of creation. They spoke. It, they were the source of everything that's visible and invisible. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things. Why? By the power of his word. You see, God is so powerful that when he speaks something, it will last forever. I read this, and I'm going to share this. This is a commentary I read. It said, the book of Hebrews linked God's saving power with his creative power. In other words, the power that brought the universe into being and that keeps it operating is the very power that cleanses our sins. So tell me that God can't clean us up. Tell me he doesn't have power to clean you up. Let's look at a few little small items that God has been the source and sustainer. You know, from the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And the earth has not stopped rotating in circle for how many hours a day? 24 hours a day. And at the same time, while it's doing that, it's circling around the sun. 365 days a year. Since creation, and it has not varied one ounce or one angle. The sun is positioned exactly far enough from the earth to give us the energy that we need. 
if the Earth moved one a half a, a, a fraction of a degree offline, we would either burn up or freeze to death. The human body continuously reproduces itself. I read this. It says. 3.8 million cells in our bodies are replaced every second. While you're sitting there, your cells are replacing, replacing, replacing. This is because of the power of God's word. Fathers are also a source and sustainer, okay? Fathers, because we are the source, we now have the responsibility to sustain what comes from us. We are the source, okay? God created us as the source, okay? When we are in proper position in line with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we will have the ability to, to sustain our children by speaking life over them in the name of Jesus. We have the ability to speak healing over them in the name of Jesus. We have the ability to speak and declare their identity in the name of Jesus. We have the ability to speak protection over them in the name of Jesus. We can declare peace and love over our homes and our families and our children in the name of Jesus. And we can speak with authority to cast out the devil out of them if necessary, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Lord God, we got, the, we got the power to cast that devil out of them in the name of Jesus, okay? What I'm able to produce, source, I must also sustain. Sustain. I can't say that. Sustain. So can everybody say good news? We got some good news. Jesus Christ through Jesus Christ, I should say, kingdom fatherhood has been restored. Malachi 4, 6 says, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. 400 years after that last prophetic word in the Old Testament, we now see that Jesus Christ has come to restore or bring back not only man's dominion or his kingdom authority, but also his relationship with his children. In John chapter, in John, John, John chapter 20, verse 17, it says, Jesus said to her, talking to Mary, he said, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. This was the first time that Jesus referred to his disciples as brethren. He referred to them, he referred to them before as friends. Now he's talk, talking to them as brothers. He's making it sure that we understand that we have been totally restored back to the Father in the original condition that Adam was in the beginning. 
act like nothing else happened. It's been totally, completely restored back. The same power that Adam had to speak, we have the same power to speak over our families, over our children, over our wives, and so forth. Jesus Christ came to restore kingdom authority and the hearts of the father to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, 20. It says, for it pleased the father that in him, Christ, all the fullness should dwell, the fullness complete, and by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. The kingdom that was lost has now been restored. The dominion that was lost has now been restored. The foundation that was cracked and condemned has been replaced with a sure foundation, which is Jesus Christ, the word of God. Man, we stand on a, a solid foundation. Nothing's going to move that foundation ever again. Never. So fathers, be encouraged today to be the kingdom father that God created you to be. Be the foundation. Be the source and sustainer of your family. Don't allow your past to stop your future. Because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we can now walk in the same power and authority that God had purposed for us to walk in from the beginning. Before I close, I would like to give you five principles of a kingdom father <clears throat> that will assure the success that we all want for our families. The first one, the first principle of a kingdom father is to know God. You will never mount to anything as a father until you know God. God placed Adam in the garden so that he would know his father. Genesis 2, 8 says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. The second principle of a godly father is to work. <laughs> God gave Adam a job to name everything that God brought to him. This was before he gave him Eve. Genesis 2, 19 says, Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. Number three, the third principle of a godly father is to cultivate. Excuse me. To cultivate. Cultivate means to bring the best out of something. I, was, I told the church this morning, er, uh, earlier service, that God never gives us anything in complete form. Everything that God has put on this earth is raw. And he wants man to cultivate it. He wants man to dig in the ground and find that oil. He wants man to cut down those trees to make a table and chairs. He wants the man to take that cow and make some shoes. 
take that sheet and make some clothes. But he also wants us to take our families and cultivate our families. He wants us to take our children and our wives, men, and make them beautiful. Make them what you want them to be. You know, sometimes we have a vision in our mind that we want a certain type of wife. You know, we want her to this and that and, you know, whatever. And, you know, we end up falling in love. And, you know, well, you know, she's not. Well, then make her to be what you want her to be. I'm, y'all think I'm joking. You can, you, men, you have the ability to speak and to do to make your wives and your children to be the showcase you want them to be. That's why foundation don't have to pray around and say, look what I'm doing. As long as you're doing your job of holding them up and supporting them and nurturing them and cultivating them, they will be to a place where people say, who is your husband? Who is your daddy? I'm serious. If you parade your kids around and they're looking poor and broken down, then nobody going to ask who you're dead. <laughs> I love, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I got to brag. Alvin and Ashley, we would go to Belmont to school. Are you Alvin's dad? Oh, Al, are you Ashley's dad? Said, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. This one teacher told us one time about Alvin. She said, Alvin is, oh, he's such a joy to have in our classroom. Now, he ain't passing any classes, but. (laughs) (laughs) Everywhere we would go, everybody knew Alvin. But they would always have great things to say about him. They never had anything negative to say about our son. And I thank God for that. My daughter, Ashley, oh, that's my heart. Well, you know, when you pause, that means you're getting choked up. (laughs) My wife. Anyway, <laughs> Genesis 2:15 says, "Then the Lord took God, took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it." The fourth principle of a godly father is to protect. God created man with physical strength to protect his family. Luke 11:21 says, "When a strong man, fully armed." guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. Wow. The fifth principle of a godly kingdom father is to teach. And I, I read this, but I couldn't believe it, so I did some research. God never gave Eve any instructions. He gave all the instructions to Adam. It was Adam's job to teach his family. It was Adam's job to teach his wife. It's Adam's job to be the teacher. It says here, it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It doesn't mean that the wife is not a part of it. 
I don't want women to think, okay, well, <laughs> George, take over. But, he, but what I'm saying is that we have the responsibility. We have to utilize the initiative that God has put in us. You know, there, you, know you can have God's perfect will or you can have God's permissive will. Too many times we allow God's permissive will to say, well, he must be okay with this. But there's a perfect will that we don't want to walk into because that takes a lot of effort. That takes a lot of work. And it takes a lot of faith. Because we want to go by what we see right now. And God says, no, you got to work on something because I'm working on something in you. All that I mentioned about my kids is because God was working on me. Because I'm the source, so God says, I got to put it in him. Because if he doesn't have it, he's not going to be able to put it in them. So that means we have to know God, man. We have to line up and start lining our lives up with God again. We've been out of position. I don't want, I don't want, I want God to see nothing but his son, Jesus. I don't want him to see me. I want him to see the blood of Jesus on my life. And when he sees the blood of Jesus, then I can speak in the name of Jesus. You see what I'm saying? I can speak in the name of Jesus because why? Because he sees Jesus. When I'm over here, I'm, I'm out of position. Not saying that God still won't listen because he has grace for our mistakes. But, my, but his perfect will is for me to be right here. That's why Jesus was able to do everything that he talked about everything that came out of his mouth because he was in perfect alignment with his father. Miles Monroe gave us this quote, and I love it. It says, no man can measure his life beyond the success of his family. So you can talk about your accomplishments, you can talk about your trophies, you can talk about your, your power on your job and all these things, but it doesn't matter if your family is falling apart. You know, we want to get up there and we want to go out there and make all this money and do all this stuff and then we for the, and forsaken our families. And you ask any man later on in life, he said, I would give it all up if I can just go back and reconcile with my family and reconcile with my son again. I shared with this in the first service that when, before I became a, well, right when we became a pastor, it was in 2012, we were in Boca to Colombia, and Pastor Cesar Constellano found out that, who's your wife? Cece was in the house. He said, I want to meet her. So he, we went to the back, and we met with Pastor Cesar. And he's such a gracious and kind man. He said, is your family with you? Your kids with you? We said, yeah. He said, they're out, they're out there in the, in the, in the church. So he said, well, bring them here. I want to meet them. So the security went and got Alvin and Ashley and, and brought them in. And within a very short time, Pastor Cesar was able to discern that something was not right between my son and I. I thought everything was cool, you know. <laughs> but in the spirit, he said, something is not right. He said, before you go into ministry, he said, y'all have to be on the same accord because 
what God was going to do through me, through him. See what I'm saying? Family, relationship. Men, you don't know what God is planning on doing between you and your father or you and your son. You got to get it right. Get it right. Okay? So he says, I want you to uh, talk to your son and, and, and find out, is there anything that he, he's holding against you? I said, okay. So we went outside. And so I asked Alvin, I said, Alvin, I said, is there anything that I have done that has offended you? And he said, yes. I said, really? <laughs> I, thought I was, thought I was pretty good. He said, when he was eight years old, he came to me. He was in elementary school. He came to me. He said, Dad, he said, I want to give my bike away to this boy at school. And I said, okay. I said, well, who is he? He said, well, he's just a kid. I said, okay, well, he said, well, you know, he's, he's white. I said, well, no, no, give it to a black kid. Which was wrong, okay? But I'm just speaking because I was raised in Detroit back in the 60s, okay? So I'm still kind of, God is still working on me, okay? <laughs> and so I'm saying, Alvin, I said, I'm glad you've got a heart to want to give your boy the wife, but I said, give it. No, Dan, that's not right, Dan. Dan, you're being prejudiced. I said, <laughs> So anyway, I said, Elvin, I said, I am sorry. I said, I was wrong for saying that. I said, will you please forgive me? He said, yeah, Dad. And we've been good ever since. <laughs> you know, I could have got up there and said, well, you know, son, when I was back in the day, and, and, and you know, and, but that, that wasn't what he wanted to hear. He just wanted to say, Dad, he wanted dad to say, son, I'm sorry. I was wrong because he was offended, you know. So that means, fathers, don't take for granted that your son or your daughter is okay. We need to sit down with them and talk to them and say, son, we don't want, we want, we don't want any cracks in this foundation. We want this family unit to be strong. So talk to me. Is there anything that we need to talk about? Also, men, if your father is still living, and if you haven't called him or reached out to him, please do so. There's too many men who have missed an opportunity to reconcile with their dads because their dads has passed on. I'm one of those. I'm one of those who had an opportunity to reconcile with my dad, who was one of those who was in the house, in the house but he was emotionally absent. So it was so important for me to be around Pop Winans and Pastor Stax because they told me right when I got saved, they said, it takes God to teach you how to be a man. And they were so right. And so before God gave me my wife, he gave me himself. He gave me my job. And then he gave me my wife. And then we had our children. We got to line up again. And if you're out of alignment, just get back in line and say, Lord, I repent. And God says, I'm able to put you right back where you're supposed to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for restoration. I thank you, Father God, that you knew that in 2022, in June, we will be standing here, coming before you, asking you to help us to realign ourselves back in line with you.
Father God, I pray for all the men in this house, especially the fathers in this house. I pray, Father God, that this message today will prick their hearts and let them realize that they have an opportunity to speak and their words will carry power. That God will move on that power and change their lives and the lives of their children and their families. We've had too many statistics about our children falling by the wayside. I could have got up here and gave an hour message on all the negative things that's happening because of fatherlessness. But Father God, you already know that whatever was wrong, you can make it right. So Father God, I pray right now that you will anoint every man in this house. I pray, Father God, that they, if they don't know you, Lord, that they will come to know you today. So starting this day, June with the 19th, Lord, you will start doing a new thing in their lives that will just be an amazing change, not only on their lives, but the lives of their children. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to bring forth this word. And I thank you, Lord, for all that you have done in this house today. Changes are already happening right now in men's hearts. Right now, change is happening in their hearts right now. So, Lord, I thank you and I give you glory and I give you praise for all that you are to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If there's anybody in this house who doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, this is an opportunity for you to make a change in your life. This is an opportunity for you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior because he's waiting on you to get in line with him so he can do through you what he wants to do. God loves everybody. He doesn't want to see anybody lost. Jesus Christ shed his blood for every single person on earth and all those who are coming after us. His blood still cleanses. It still cleanses. It still cleanses. It still cleanses. But we have to receive him. So I'm going to ask everyone to please stand and we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. And repeat after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on the cross for my sins. And on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Father, forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your precious blood. I choose to follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Father, Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can do the work of Christ on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your presence here. And we thank you for the change that's happening in our hearts right now. If you said yes to Jesus, I want you to take out your phones and text the word. Belong, text yes, 
belong to 77411. Text belong to 77411. And we will send you some information to start you on your journey with the Lord. Also, if you uh, want prayer, we got two uh, members of the church that's going to, we got Josh that's going to pray with you um, after we dismiss. Also, if you want to um, hear more information about natural life, today is, is the third lesson, and it's going to be immediately after we dismiss up on the third floor to connect connect room and we can have a next step three Megan and uh, Josh will be happy to pray with you and also if you want to give an offering we want to thank you in advance for sowing a seed into this ministry and we have uh, buckets in the back and uh, the, the, the finance department will be more than happy to take your offering um, I think that's pretty much it I love you Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me pray over everybody. Father God, I pray your blessing over every person in this room. I pray, Father God, that you will continue to lead and guide us, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for this word that's come forth, that's bringing a change in our lives right now. Lord, cover us, bless us, and keep us, Father God. Bring us back on the appointed time, and we'll give your name all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Miss, dismiss, dismiss. Thank you.